Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to Simply Not Easy. Hope you're all having a great day out there today. So today, it's Muscle Monday, but we're throwing a little bit of wrench in the plan, a little bit of a curveball out here. Um, typically, every Muscle Monday, we're out here talking about a, a muscle, um, its anatomy, um, ways to work it out, its role in the body, um, kind of its, its major influences it has to better understand it from both a general exercise, a practitioner, and just kind of a general fun fact uh, standpoint. Today, you know, another little plan words from Shakespeare is what's in a name, uh, it's what's in a nerve. And the reason I wanted to go to this um, is because when I was learning anatomy for the first time back in the day and we started talking about this whole idea of innervation, I'm like, it. the whole idea of nerves kind of puzzled me a little bit. I never, you know, I kind of got that. It's like, okay, that's kind of like a pathway of where, um, it's a pathway of where, um, different things communicate throughout the body and it's really our communication system but I never really got how it worked as much um it was just kind of magically okay our brain tells our body to do something and then guess what we end up doing it um but it is more than that these nerves travel in very specific pathways throughout our entire body throughout our entire system so I thought today I'd spend a little bit of time talking about um talking about these nerves what they do, um, again, what's in a nerve, what are they made of? Um, just to give a little bit more insight because for any of you who are uh, learning more anatomy or getting more in depth with anatomy and physiology out there. So, first of all, we think of a nerve, it's um, nerve just like many, many other things has connective tissue to it. So nerves need three major things. Um, to be healthy in our body. Nerves need adequate movement, they need adequate blood supply, and they need adequate space. So for nerves to be healthy, movement, blood, and space. That's not getting into little micronutrients that, um, and like certain fatty acids for the myelin production that nerves need. That's just very general for what do nerves need in terms of the larger nerve complex. So nerves need movement, blood, and space. When there are obstructions to these in any way, shape, or form, the nerve is no longer um, at optimal health. And, you know, oftentimes we'll describe this just like a lot of other things in our body where we may, it might not mean it's damaged completely or it's not working. But, you know, we can feel, we, we can feel that little bit of balance in our body between not well but also not sick. And that can certainly happen too when there's a broad spectrum of nerve health where um, nerves can start to what we call depolarize or fire or kind of send their signal spontaneously when they're a little bit uh, irritated and pissed off when they don't have enough movement, blood, or space when they're being kind of um, pinched um, in these areas to block the the signal communication along the way. So, nerves in general have three different layers um, that comprise the structure of the nerve itself. So these three layers, going from an order of being more superficial from the outside of the nerve, 
back in, in terms of the different connective tissue layers and compartments. First you have the epineurium, and the epineurium is the outmost layer, and epi referring to above or out. Um, that's just the overall protective area of the nerve. Uh, then you've got the perineurium, and the perineurium kind of separates these big bundles of nerves. So every little nerve um, is surrounded by the epineurium, and then you've got bundles within, and within these bundles are the different types of nerve fibers. So you've got the perineurium that separate the different types of nerve fibers, and based on these, they can either be more motor um, for action for the motor gets sent from the central nervous system down throughout the nerve itself into the, and into the muscle, or you've got sensory, and sensory is more of the communication from the muscle or distal area in the body back up. Um, in addition to that, you've got, so that's more for your somatic, but then you've also got nerve signal um, that is non-somatic as well. That is an autonomic or automatic, we can call it nervous system too. So we've got all different types of nerve fibers in there and many different subclassifications of those that are all surrounded by the perineurium. Then each individual nerve axon, fiber, um, bit, basically a line of a nerve for a nerve signal is surrounded by an endoneurium. So endo meaning within or inside. And so these are kind of the layers of stratification of really what's in the nerve, what makes up a nerve. And like we said, these nerve fibers can be autonomic for sympathetic or parasympathetic um, for both motor and sense and or sensory and they can be somatic for both motor and or sensory and really get an understanding of this now what happens um, with, for a nerve to actually send its signal it goes through a process called sending an action potential and an action potential um, is the name the fancy name used for um, a, a fine alteration of sodium and potassium inside and, in and outside of the cell for these nerves. And basically what happens in action potential is the propagation of the signal down the entire length of a nerve and the change of this for these electrolytes. So it's no wonder why good, why athletes, why people in general need a healthy level, a balanced level of electrolytes that includes not too little or not too much, especially when it comes to sodium, of these electrolytes in our system. Because every little thought we have, every little movement we have is dependent upon the nervous system for proper utilization of these electrolytes. And the cool thing about action potentials is once it's initiated at the start of a nerve, as long as the nerve is healthy, has no major blockages, that signal will propagate. This is, um, we, as long as the nerve is healthy, again, there is no way that once the signal is started that it, it will not terminate. It will not produce its desired action or it will not synapse. A synapse is just a connection of nerve to nerve. So it's pretty cool, right? These are kind of how nerves function. So um, at the same, within an entire bundle of one nerve, for example, the radial nerve or the ulnar nerve or the femoral nerve, naming different major peripheral nerves in the body, we, those nerves in general, we think of them often for the motor component, and that's what I've described them to be a lot for these muscle Mondays, because guess what, we're focusing on muscle for action, but that's not all they do. They also receive sensory information at the same time, and again, it's not just motor in terms of moving the muscle. We do have those for the alpha motor neurons, 
but then we have different nerve, fib um, nerve fibers called gamma motor neurons. And what these do, it's more of a uh, calibration unit. It's more of kind of sensing how fast, how quickly, um, what length is the muscle at, and based on that, how should it respond instinctively. Um, and this is at the level of the muscle spindle for reactivity. But then, okay, so in addition to that, we have different type of sensory fibers. We have sensory fibers that are fast reacting, slow reacting, painful, non, or I should say nociceptive instead of pain, but uh, nociceptive, uh, which means kind of an irritating, um, or it's nociceptive is nociceptive because pain truly only is once the information is processed and it's perceived as pain in the brain at that higher level, but nociceptive signals are what are often triggered in our peripheral system and sensed due to a irritation of that tissue often, um, or a potential for irritation in that tissue for the nociceptive signal. But over time, we can either, you know, sometimes we don't even feel, we don't even process our own nociception. We only process the pain associated with it because what happens is, well, we have many theories for that, but in terms of this neurological uh, discussion today, we can talk about the synapse of many of these different nerve fibers. So you hurt your arm, you whack your elbow or something, doesn't feel good. What do you do? You start shaking it around, you rub the elbow a little bit, try and get that sensation to go away. What are you doing right here? You're what we call gating the pain. You're preventing the nociceptive pain fibers from overwhelming your brain input. Does this actually reduce the irritation that already happened? No, of course not. You already whacked your elbow. You can't just go back in time and reverse it. But it reminds you that, hey, I ain't broken, I ain't damaged. Um, yeah, it still hurts a little bit, but it's not the complete end of the world. So what's happening is that, yeah, you are, you've already stimulated your painful fibers. You've already stimulated those, the A-delta fibers, the, pa the fast pain fibers or nociceptive fibers, uh, then the um, slow um, delta fibers, or sorry, the slow C fibers for the slow pain or slow nociceptive already stimulated those but now you're stimulating the 1a afferent um, or other type of faster sensory non-nociceptive fibers by just rubbing it getting some stimulus in the area and you can actually partially block that painful sensation so again remember all of these different nerve fibers are often contained in one single what we call typical nerve um, and so oftentimes it's easy to forget about that where we think, oh, a nerve will do just this or just that. Really, it's multifaceted. They all affect each other. But there are very specific strands within the endoneurium um, for each individual axon that does something different. So again, once the signal travels up or down or wherever it's going to, once the signal starts, it will terminate as long as the nerves are healthy which primarily consists of having movement, blood, space at the macroscopic level, and then at the microscopic level, having the nutrients that are required, having the um, appropriate myelin for insulation for these, um, myelin being this big fatty acid roll, um, basically roll of fatty acid tissue for insulation, being that it has the appropriate amount of that. Some nerves are myelated, 
myelinated, so they're faster. Some nerves are unmyelinated, so they're slower. But the nerves that are myelinated, you need myelin to make them work. Because what happens is, so for an unmyelinated nerve, this whole sodium-potassium exchange at the cellular level, that happens in the nerve. Then its next-door neighbor, boom, it triggers a reaction there, boom, triggers a reaction there. And that continues to propagate, go down the entire length of the nerve. What happens in a myelinated nerve, um, instead of saying, hey, this is to your next-door neighbor, we get these big myelin sheaths, which basically wrap it around, and they basically take out some houses. So we've got this, think of this like a long, long um, avenue down in New York City. And you've got all these different, um, it's in a residential district, you've got all these different houses next to it. And instead of hitting, boom, every single house, all you have to do is hit every block. The, no, um, the myelin is wrapped up around the block so that this time you only have to do every intersection, every crossroad of the street has to have that sodium-potassium exchange. And then it's enough to go ahead and alter the next one down the road because it's wrapped in myelin insulation. And But let's say that these nerves all of a sudden didn't have that. We don't have the houses in place to conduct the change of sodium potassium. So if you don't have the myelin, that insulation, but it's supposed to have the myelin, you're never going to get the nerve signal to go through because it can't go from just one block to the next block. It has to go for all the houses in between. But guess what? You tore down the houses to put the myelin in there. So that's what we're working with. And the gaps in myelin where the sodium-potassium channels do occur, that's what we call the nodes of Ranvier. And basically Ranvier, I don't know the exact history behind it with some doctor's name, some physiologist's name. Uh, you know, everybody's named, everything's named after somebody, right? Until people finally get some common sense and name it for something to do with what it actually is. But... That's how we, uh, we get the history of anatomy and physiology a lot of times, right? We get some uh, annoying little name until it changes to a little bit of a less annoying name that makes a little bit more sense. So I hope that gives a little bit of insight into what nerves are because I know for me, learning the first time, uh, it was kind of confusing as a little bit of what seemed like an abstract pathway. It really wasn't until I started learning more and more about the nerves, about what was inside each of them, and then also the individual peripheral nerves or... Um, spinal level nerves where they come out of about tracing the pathway because just as I got a better more intimate understanding of muscles throughout the body by tracing their pathway understanding that hey a muscle is basically a rope from one bony segment to another bony segment that pulls and tightens in certain actions and the motion it creates in the body is what's resulting based on is that eccentric, concentric, isometric is the proximal or distal end stabilizing this action from a closed or open chain, open or closed torque. Um, we'll talk about as well as far as different force generation and requirement on that muscle. What type of muscle, how are the muscle fib fibers oriented? Is it fusiform? Is it bipennate, unipennate, multipennate? Um, all these different things play into, into effect. But again, it starts with where's one attach, one end attach to the other end, and where is that attach? These are the same principles. So we get to better understand the nerves by the pathway they go through and by the individual physiological nuances of each one, which really, we got the main action potential. That's just based on what type of nerve is it, what type of information does that communicate. All right, y'all.
Hope you enjoy this episode. Good little neurological review for some or some insight into our system. And really, it's crazy. Spending time listening to this. What was going on was a stimulus of the peripheral nervous system. Everything that you heard, for better or for worse, occurred at a vibration of your hair follicles. Inside your inner ear, there is communication um, that took place, and these hair follicles vibrated, and the inner ear, you have three ear bones in there. And with these three ear bones, they had different actions that are very uh, receptive, we should say, to the air. And around this area, we have our one of our cranial nerves, cranial nerve 8, which is our vestibular cochlear nerve. And the cochlear part of that is responsible for hearing. So through a peripheral nerve, which is a cranial, um, which in this case happened to be a cranial nerve, through the sensory organ, through the hair follicles and vibrating on certain bones, we're able to process and understand this as the um, as this information neurologically is sent to the auditory receptor centers, uh, then, uh, then further in our brain into the auditory integration centers and process with the rest of the information that we are constantly taking in throughout our surroundings. Pretty damn cool. It's really a miracle what the human body and what bodies in general for different animals, including humans, are able to accomplish and able to do. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day out there. We'll keep it that way. For me, it was a good day. Got my butt out there ice skating again. It's tons, tons of fun. Um, you know, good to just, good to just move again. Good to just. Uh, have a blast with it. Get that uh, the proprioception awareness of my body. Um, you know, enhance proprioception um, or awareness of yourself in space through being in different environments, such as your legs standing on blades, which are gliding, we'll say, somewhat smoothly over a sheet of ice. Um, definitely different stimulus like that changes your proprioception, changes your awareness. And I had fun doing it, plus it was a good little workout. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Simply not easy.